Hey, what's up, guys? If I could describe this person on today's podcast in a few words, it would be he's a creative, easygoing, driven, humble, and a bit of a crowd favorite. His name is Petra Tsamarua, aka Putz. You're listening to the Everyday People Podcast. Yo, what's going on, bro? Very professional, bros. Yeah, you know, yeah, gotta be, gotta be professional. You like my setup? Do you like my the whole um, music board and everything, bro? All the buttons, all the cue buttons. You know, this is your first time? <coughs> first time what? On a podcast? On a podcast, but I've done something pretty similar to it. Uh, this is something different, mate. I'm different. <coughs> uh, this, uh, yeah. So to introduce you, I'm going to uh, say I've been mates with you for 16 years. Uh, I was honoured to be the best man at your wedding, and uh, yeah, this is uh, Patero Tama. I mean, Petra Tamarua, aka Pat. Yeah, dog. Yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, bro. Yep, my name is Petra Tamarua. Everyone knows me as Pat. Um, basically, born and raised in Melbourne, Australia, um, Altona, to speak be to be specific. Um, grew up in a big family. Four sisters, oh sorry, five sisters, oh actually, <laughs> four sisters, one brother, um, you know, mum and dad worked hard, um, yeah man, that's about it pretty much. So that Maori culture, Yeah. tell us about that man, how deep does that run through your blood? Yeah it is deep, but growing up and being born in Australia, it was different, you know, it's always been there, um, growing up, you know, pop. Spoke mouldy um, around the dinner table. He's a good man. You know, he's a good he's man. A great man. Um, you know, said prayers in mouldy. We never understood a word, pretty much what he said, but we always felt what he was saying. You yeah. know, so the mouldy culture runs deep, and just you know, as of late, especially like last year, I don't know. I've just been like, yeah, I super, that. you know, super keen on like learning, like today on mouldy, you know, and pretty much that just means the mouldy language. Yeah, I remember back in school, like, you were a bit, you were all for it, but, like, to, you weren't really showing it much. These days I see it more, especially at your wedding. Yeah, in school it was, um, yeah, like I said, like, growing up it was, it was it was weird. It was just weird. It was like, we wanted to learn, we wanted to show it off that we're mouldy, but we didn't know anything about anything it. About it you yeah. know, um, we knew a few words, but um, we always knew it was there and we always knew it was important. It was just that. Um, yeah, we, we were just too hesitant to, you know, say certain words or because we didn't really know the true yeah. meaning of them, you know. You're that type, I've noticed in all these years, like when there was a hugger going on, you wouldn't really jump in. Mm. But these days, you're full on into it, man. Sorry, yeah. I get goosebumps every time I see that stuff, man. Yeah. That's um, full on. <laughs> yeah, just something I've been learning over the past year, you know, like um, whenever you speak today on Māori or... Um, whenever you're, you know, performing a haka, like you have to give it a hundred and ten percent, you know. Whether if you don't really know you're saying the word pre- uh, correctly or properly, just you know, fucking just say it, throw yeah. it out there, and then it's all no about one's gonna the feel pull of you it. Up on, yeah, hundred percent. No one's gonna pull you up on um, if you said it correctly or whatnot. You know, it's just about being confident and um, just saying it. And I think that's you know that's what the multiculture is. Just you know, building that inner confidence. So, as a young young buck. What were you like? How young are we talking? 
Oh, we'll say we'll just go early <laughs> days, like primary school days. What was he? What was young putts like? I think a lot of people want to know because they know you like social media wise, mm. you know, but they don't know you. I've always been, yeah. So I've always been pretty, you know. You probably know yourself, like I've always been pretty low key. I've always kept to myself. Yeah. Um, it looks like I'm quite out there, but you know, like I, I actually hold my cards close to my chest. Um, I don't tell too many people what I'm doing or whatnot. Only a certain few people know what I'm doing. Um, so growing up, I was pretty much the same, you know, like loved my sport, loved my rugby league, loved watching boxing, um, very active as a kid. I was pre- I was very shy. As league, a kid. league from rugby a young, league. young, young age? Yeah, yeah, rugby league. So as a young age, dad played rugby league growing up. Um, he's pretty savage on the, <laughs> on the, uh, on the footy field. <laughs> what did he play? I don't know, man. <laughs> Center half bench. Nah. nah, he was. Um, I think he was in the front row. I think. No, he he, he looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, fuck, there's some stories about him fucking chasing people off the field, bro, <laughs> down the road and chasing him down and fucking giving him a hiding. Yeah, Altona Roosters. Shout oh, out Altona Roosters. That's it. Um, so as a kid, we always like. In rep teams, were you always going to be that, like, did everyone see you, oh, Putz is going to play this, Putz is going to play that? At, like, what age did you realise, like, I'm actually pretty good at this sport? I'd have to say probably around when I was about 14, 15, I was never the biggest. I was always skinny, still am skinny, (laughs) but always, you know, gave it 110%, especially in defence, like, you know. Yeah. That's where I was, that's where I done my best work. (laughs) That's so where I've done my best work. So in when defense. did you, what year did you, like what age group did you start making rep teams and stuff? Um, pretty young, probably about 12, 13. But remember Melbourne wasn't big in rugby yeah. league. You know? Rugby league was nothing in Melbourne until the no Melbourne big Storm teams. came here in 99. There were no big teams, no big comp. Um, it was, it was tiny. Like no one wanted to know about it, you know. So we made the rep teams. Anyone could have made the rep teams to be honest. Um, well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I came, I came from Sydney and I, I, n- I never played league as well, but I always wanted to play it, but I was too scared. But coming to Melbourne, like I you thought, into I got talked into it and I was like, it can't be that hard. Like it's Melbourne. Like no one knows rugby league here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And like then I played and it was actually all right because I was playing outside you mm. and that was, you made it easy. So yeah. um, talk about, let's talk about your, your rep time. In, in rugby league as a kid? Yeah, so made a few rep sides, pretty much, you know, victim development side, um, Melbourne development side. Um, and then I think around when I was about 15, when I played for the um, under-15 Victorian team, um, had a good uh, round robin. It was like, it's called the Nationals, so yeah. all the, you know, all the schools. So you got full A, which is like your, your schools, South Wales Schools teams. or uh, state teams? Sorry, state teams. So yeah. you got Pool A, which is, you know, the top of the New South top, Wales you know. and Queensland and all this, that. This pool had like um, Izzy Folau, yeah. all the top, you know, Chris Sandow when he was a gun back then. All the elite players and then Pool B, you know, there was like WA, Victoria. Development teams. PSA, all the developing um, states, yeah, one. so to speak. And um, I think that's when I started to build a confidence in myself, build a bit of confidence in myself um, in terms of uh, backing myself a bit more on the footy field. And... Um, yeah, a few clubs hit me up um, to play, to go up and trial with them. So Newcastle and... Good team. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Newcastle and uh, Canberra Raiders hit me up. And, um, yeah, I went with Newcastle. Played a bit of... Um, went with Newcastle and went up, had a few training camps with a few of the boys there from Melbourne as well. And, who, yeah. Who, who, were the, who were the boys from Melbourne? It was Blue. So, James Sandback, Bo Ryan. Who else? I can't remember. Oh, Laurie, Lawrence. Laurie. Oh, yeah. Another hitman. Um, yeah, another hitman. Very quiet as well. <laughs> but he's dangerous on the field. But yeah, went up to Newcastle, had a few stints up there. And um, yeah, I don't know, just never committed. And it was it was a half-assed kind of thing, really. It was like At that age group yeah, as at well? At that age group, I was up there. And Wait. I was like, yeah, that was... Oh, sorry, what? No, go on. We were up there um, training and then we'd come back to Melbourne and training wouldn't be as intense, you know, because we weren't... It was hard for us because we weren't around rugby league twenty four seven. Yeah, um, whereas AFL up in dominant. Yeah, AFL dominant state. Up there, they would just you know they live and breathe rugby league. They got academies through like from you know prep to all the way through to like yeah grassroots grassroots. So growing up, did you look up to any players? Any which players did you look yeah, up to? Of course, Who? looked up to Sonny Bill Williams. Everyone tried to be Sonny. Oh, before Sonny, yes, we'll go to, we'll get into Sonny in a second. But before Sonny Bill Williams, because you were still younger, so you obviously yeah. wanted to imitate your game. Um, man, I used to look up to. You probably don't even know these players. I actually forgot their names. Oh man, come on, bro. I'm from um, New South Wales, bro. What's his name? Played for Cronulla Sharks. He was a winger. Andrew Eddinghausen. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Rogers. Nah. Bro, you don't. Even, you wouldn't even know his name. He's. You don't even know his yeah, name. No, bro. It's it's so weird. I looked up to like this winger from Cronulla Sharks. He's got red hair. Can't remember his name. Oh man, what's his name? He was like my one of my <laughs> idols, bro. And you, I can picture him, but I can't think of the name. Anyone else besides this unknown player? <laughs> yeah, I need to get Jado on here. Jado, I can remember straight away. He always used to ask me, "Fuck, what do you like him for?" <laughs> um, who else have we got? Watch playing. Um, you know, Andrew Johns. He was always unre- unbelievable to watch. Um, um, Singh. Played for um, Matt Singh. Matt Singh. Roosters and then Cowboys. No, no, no. Matt Singh. Wear the headgear? Yeah. Yeah, Matt Singh. Yeah. Yeah, Matt that's Singh. right. I'm sure no, it's Matt I don't Singh. I think it's Matt Singh. So, oh, we'll just go with Matt Singh for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Matt Singh. All right, so. A bit of a speed start. Under 15, you played rep footy, yep. Victoria. Yeah. Then how'd you go in the rep in the rep uh, competition, nationals? Yeah, we got, s- we got selected um, for an Australian uh, affiliated team. So that team at the time... It was um, under-16 um, Australian-affiliated team. So we flew over to Russia and we played in the World Cup, which was unbelievable. It's crazy. A bit of an eye-opener. I know. I couldn't believe it. At the time, it was kind of like, yeah, this is cool. Um, I'm in Russia. But now, you know, I probably appreciate it a lot more now. Man, I remember um, – I didn't know you yet, but we went to the, the Alternative Roosters game. And um, I forgot. I think I was with Terran because yep. I went to school with Terran. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, bro, watch out for this guy, bro. He's the man. And I was just like, why? He's he's not the man. He's on the bench. <laughs> You're on the bench in like a semi final. I'm like, why is this guy on the bench for? And I'm like, look how skinny he is. <laughs> this guy's gonna. I thought Terran, being the Joker, is gonna say, watch this guy run. He's gonna get smacked off his <laughs> off his feet. <laughs> so you came onto the field, and I was like, oh, here we go, <laughs> oh. bro. You ran first first touch. You scored a try, and I was Damn. like, oh, hell, hell. how was this guy? And um, I'm pretty sure you got benched for that game because you made some stupid as excuse because you didn't go to training. Oh, man. <laughs> Tell I us about to, that. I used to always make stupid excuses to not go to training. Um, 
I hated training. The rubbish one. Training was shit. Oh, <laughs> mate, the rubbish one. <laughs> what, what, what was that excuse? <laughs> Tell us that excuse. Mum asked me to take the bin out. This was a grand final. Oh, was it the grand this final? Was, the grand was it? Mum asked me to take the bins out um, a week prior, <laughs> and the bins came out on a Friday, right? And I'd hustle last minute as you do, try and beat it, beat the truck in the morning, Friday morning. Fucking went out there, truck had already gone, um, bins were full as, <laughs> and we were in like a house of, you know, big fucking house. And um, I had this <laughs> fucking two full bins, you know, that I didn't know what to do with. I was like, oh my God, mum's going to kill me. <laughs> and then anyways, we got this out at our backyard. We have um, just an empty paddock. It's like just the parks, parkland. You know that you know that spot, yeah. but for people who are listening, it's like a parkland. And um, I thought it was a great idea to fucking chuck the rubbish at the back of the, <laughs> the fence. fence over the fence. And then next minute, mum finds the rubbish bins over the back of the <laughs> fence and finds um, her address, her name and address in one of the letters. Oh, <laughs> in the my God. She would have... Oh, oh man. She she's killed me, man. She, yeah, she can be scary. She uh, is but scary. she's maddest cook. Maddest, maddest lady too, though. Yeah, she is. Um, So... Back to your uh, your rep footy. Yep. That uh, so few years has gone by. Yep. Under fifteens is done. Mm-hmm. Finished high school. Yeah. Rugby again. Yeah. Where are you at in the rugby scene? Yeah, rugby's always been a big part of my life. Um, rugby league. That is. Um, it's it was definitely up and down after high school. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Newcastle Knights kind of stopped making contact with me, and then I. Just went to work. I worked with um, one of our friends, Damo, just cleaning, um, what were they, like clip mats for festivals. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. And then I was just like, man, what am I doing, blah, blah, blah. And then an opportunity arose. We got offered, a few of us Melbourne boys got offered to play for the um, Toyota Cup under-20s team. First year. The first year. Yeah. Um, no money involved. It was just... Here's, a, here's not even, I don't even can't even remember. If it was, I actually think there was a contract, but it was just like, yep, here's the opportunity. Yeah. Um, you guys should feel privileged being Melbourne boys, given the opportunity. Yeah, it was a much huge, what, huge write ups you know, all over the thing. Was yeah. that, how was the pressure during that time? Um, yeah, it was massive. It was huge. It was a big thing, you know, like, because there weren't too many Melbourne boys playing in the yeah. NRL as there Maybe are there now. There wasn't at all. There was one. There wasn't any. any. There were Melbourne born players. That have made it, but, but they obviously ventured up to you know Queensland or yeah. New South Wales when they were young and got in the systems up there. Um, Tamanatahu being one, he oh. was one of the, my favourite players growing up too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a freak. Another Newcastle, Newcastle player. Yep. Yeah, I know. And um, yeah, we play. We trained our asses off. Our all the Melbourne boys, you know, there was a fair few of us trained our asses off. We didn't get a good look in because it was just that stigma. Like the Storm had bought in players. From um, interstate yeah. New Zealand that they'll you know giving so money. As soon to as that happens, you you guys are just in the shadows. Yeah, and I think it was more looking back at it, it was definitely like a publicity. They just yeah, just trying to get some more numbers you know, to the games and stuff. To the game and oh, you know, a few Melbourne boys playing will bring our friends yeah. and family. You know, this it's all publicity. You know? Melbourne was starting just starting to get bigger. But at the they same time, at the same time, oh, they had superstar team. Yeah, but like oh, we so we we uh, had our school. Um, Greg Inglis, Cooper Cronk, Jake Webster. Mm. They were nobodies at that they stage. Were at that time. <laughs> they were still like just reserve grade. Yeah, they were reserve grade. Who would have thought? They were the number twos. <laughs> and then Nick Minute, fuck, they're massive, man. Superstars. 
The greats. So, um, I remember you got named in the in the team to start. Mm-hmm. So we went we went to a trial game. Yeah, you, you had a lot of people come watch you for your trial game, and through. it wasn't a bad game. Like mm. it was, you know, just just played a solid game, and then yeah. round it was one. It was pro- honestly probably one of the shittest games I could have played in front of. You know, no, like no, we're talking about the, tr- the trial games first. This, this is a trial game at Carlton. You you had a trial game just like a oh before yeah. the season started. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. So yep. you looked good. You looked alright. You were getting a bit thicker. Just done my job. Yeah, and then round one's approaching. You're in the starting team, mm. and then what happened there? Like you was you were actually named in the starting team, and then something happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was in the starting team, and um. I used to get picked up. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, by one of the other players, and um, yeah, I got named to start in the team, and then um, the player didn't pick me up. Yeah, and then I got pulled aside when I got to the when next training session. I got pulled aside and said, "You had a you had a start up position, um, but I'm cutting you from the starting squad because yeah. you didn't rock up." Yeah, blah blah blah. And I said, "Oh, I was supposed to get picked up, but I didn't." And then yeah, um, that player kind of denied it and. You know, just let it right. let it float. So, so they dropped like they dropped you off for that first game. Yeah. And yep. how many games did you miss? And then um, did you get? To, and then you finally started. It was a couple rounds. It was a couple rounds I missed, and then worked my way back into the team, and then got given a pretty good opportunity against the Broncos. Yeah, and big names playing there. Big names playing there, and I got collected by one of them too, Josh Maguire. Josh Maguire. <laughs> I ran it. It was probably yeah. So going back to that, I was probably one of my worst games I could have played because I had all my family friends there. This one first, of the, yeah. First, first um big game, you know, in front of everyone, Olympic Park, and then yeah, the way the storm, it, I, I tried. I have my own style, you know. When you play, yeah. everyone has their own style when you play. So, and then you're told a certain way how to play um, at the storm have to mold into what they have yeah um built there you know and um it was all about you know running it hard blah 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 and um like i usually try and cut angles at the last second yeah whatever and then try and get a quick play the ball and then i get a kick like i well, catch it deep in my 20 and then tried to fucking charge it straight through the middle ran into josh mcguire fucking got yeah, I remember. I I reckon everyone that was supporting oh you felt God. that. <laughs> that was, it was intense. A bone rattle on me. But you got up straight away though, which yeah, is a good to. thing. How, were you feeling it? Um, Did it or was it one of those ball hits? Nah, it was definitely one of those like when the ball hits you yeah, yeah, in yeah, the so right you, spot, yeah. you know, and you just you know come off your feet. But it was tough being on the end of that, like being on yeah. the other side of that position. Yeah. You know? So, how did that do? What what that that do with your confidence? My confidence went to an all time low, and I was just man. I, I got back to training, um, didn't play the week after, and then, I don't know, something switched in me, something was just like... You realised you just weren't in it? I just, leading into that, I was like, man, I don't know if this is for me, you know? When I look at like the... Since you were a kid, so it's always been... Because it was fun, yeah. it was fun, I, I had my own style, and you know, like I tried to, I played my best when I was just playing my own form, Yeah, yeah. You know, you hear that all the time. But then when I tried to get moulded into the Storm system... Um, just didn't work like it w- wasn't working for me and I did it was just this point where I was just like man I'm not too sure if this is for me you know and at this at the same time I definitely think I should have had a manager you know because yeah. it was all of us Melbourne boys we didn't have managers so they all, all the other players did all the other players did you True. know players from like Sydney Queensland 
they all got picked up. They all got managers, you know. Whereas we were all just like, yep, here's a contract, here's your opportunity. That's what I mean. Like, I reckon behind the scenes it was um, a bit of a PR stunt. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, the opportunity was given to us. And, you know, some players went on who were from Melbourne and have succeeded through NRL. Yeah. Um, international level, you know. So you... Um, so you can't hate, man. How, can't ha- hate. How, was, how was it, like, letting everyone, telling everyone that, all right, I... Because everyone was supporting you yeah it was shattering man i was yeah. uh, i honestly think was it was like? probably one of the lowest like times in my life i was still pretty young mm. and my heart was like set in rugby league you know that yeah. from the start like i put it all pull and put it all on the line and um when i when like something triggered me and i was just like i don't know if this is for me and then having to tell the whole team that you know i'm, I'm leaving and heart wasn't it anymore heart wasn't it anymore and i don't want to be like any like training with you is being half-assed. Yeah. You know, there's someone else out there that wants that position. So that was shattering, man. And then like having to tell like you guys and then family and, you know, I let, I feel like I like, felt like I, I still do feel like I let everyone down. At yeah. I, f- I feel like, um, you know, like being one of your best mates, like we never properly talked about yeah. it. Like we would make a comment here and there or ask, yeah. but like you'd say something and then like it would just change. Like I think yeah. it was a bit too deep to talk yeah. about today. Hundred percent, and this is probably the furthest we've gone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't think we've ever really. A lot gone of people were actually wonder as well that were following you and supporting you. So, yeah. and I think there was definitely one time when I was um, coming home from Geelong on a train, and this is when Talia lived in Geelong, and I was just like, "What am I doing?" I had all my storm gears on, and I was heading to training. It was early in the morning, and there was this kid. It was this. Son and the dad, right? And I don't know, they must have been kind of a bit homeless. And I was like, fuck, what am I doing, man? And then, I don't know, it was just like a real low point, like, in my life. And I was just like, man. And I went up to the kid, gave him all my storm gears. And I go, here, mate, like, enjoy this. And that was it. That was it. And I knew at that point, I was like, nah, it's time to, like, turn a new, like, All right. You know, so, okay. So that's everyone, I guess, whoever listens to this can finally know the story. Uh, okay, so after that, music. So you've always been into music mm. i remember growing up in high school you'd stay over my house hog the computer if you wasn't talking to talia you'd be uh just hogging my computer making <laughs> mixes that was honestly they were so good but by the end of it because you didn't wear headphones mm. i was so sick of them so let's talk about your mixtapes yep. you used to hand them out at school as well um mm. and then after school you started djing how'd you get in like who did you speak to to get onto that you got all these gigs yeah Music's music's been another big part of my life as well. I've always loved music growing up, and that's probably credit to my sisters um, growing up. Old school jams, old, old school jams. Lauren Hill, um, you know, soulful music, and my cousin. Movies too, bro. Eli in the movies, in the movies as well. Crooklyn and Eli, Eli and Carve. Well, Eli had all. You know all the records he had a turntable and i was just like fascinated by like how this fucking rotating thing could play music and something else isn't he eli bro he's the man so that's how i picked up you know um that's how i got that connection with music and i was like man i want i really want to do something with this music thing and um what was the question again (laughs) 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 where where were we at Uh, oh so back as a kid (laughs) no um uh, you got all these gigs. You started DJing. Yeah. Who? How'd you get it? Like, you, do you have a manager? No, no manager. Oh, I, I was the manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back in high school, we didn't have um, 
a computer at my house, so use your house and your computer. That's why I was your friend. I <laughs> wanted <to use> your <laughs> oh <my laughs> just God. wanted to use your computer. And made all these little shitty mixtapes, which still, they weren't that They shitty. were all right. They were, good, were, eh? like, they were good, but these days, yeah, you can yeah, tell. Yeah. But like back highly, then. Highly influenced then. by um, DJ Rectangle. He was the man oh, yeah, back then. I forgot about he him. He was the man, DJ Rec. <laughs> and um, yeah, made those mixtapes, gave them out at school. And then, I don't know, there were a few DJs at the school, at, at high school, and they were like, did you make this? And I was like, yeah, bro. And then they were like, how the fuck did you make it? And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Um, what was it called? Fuck. Audacity? No. Nah, it wasn't that. Oh, my God. No, nah, it was. I think it was Audacity. No, nah, it wasn't Mixcraft. Audacity. Maybe Mixcraft. I don't mm. know. Anyways, and then all the DJs. I didn't know how to DJ, but they knew that I was into music and whatever, and I met a few contacts in high school. So then after rugby league, um, I got back into I pretty much forced myself, bought some CDJ um, turntables, Pioneers, forced myself how to learn how to use them. Um, got good. Got pretty decent. And then forced myself how to use Ableton Live, started producing some Ableton, music. Ableton, isn't that it? Uh, no, that right, was different from back in the day. And then, yeah, forced myself how to use Ableton and started producing music. And then started producing music with my brother. But, the yeah, so how I got on the scene was those people in high school that were DJing, um, James Favor and Rob Pitts. I shot them off my demo to them. And I said, oh, I want to get into DJing. Um, you guys got any, like, slots, DJ slots or any advice, you know? And then I caught up, had a meeting with them, and then they gave me all my gigs. So, yeah, man, that's how I got, like, you know, my local spot down in Werribee, down at Mint. And, um, a few festivals? A few festivals, which were awesome. A few, uh, few group trips? A few group trips down to Geelong, Shepparton. Um, Splendour in the Grass. <laughs> Splendour, yeah, he's played Splendour in the Grass, which was fucking sick. Who'd you open for? Who, who's the biggest name you opened <laughs> for, you reckon? Um, biggest name... Well, my favourite is Hudson Mohawk. We op- oh, nah, he's a prick. <laughs> he's actually a prick, bro. <laughs> but yeah, go on. He's, he's a, Philip he's a opened for him, um, <laughs> I can't remember, 2013 Summer Days. Yeah, I uh, remember um, I went and there. And then the night before, sorry, the night before, he opened for um, Flume. Oh, yes. I can't say. I remember that. That so was good when night. he was kind of like on the rise. Still getting big. Still getting big. Right. And then on that same bill at Summer Days, it was... Um, what was it? Who was it? Disclosure. Disclosure. Bro, unreal, man. Um, Hudson Mohawk. And there was someone else. Hearing hearing Latch Live, I was sober. I was having the worst time. Mm. I was like, this song is unreal. Never never heard it before. I'm like asking, what is this song? They're like, man, that song's still still so good. It's got that vibe, eh, bro. Um, so you're DJing. You're, you're doing that weekly thing, DJing, working on the side as yep. well. Yeah. Um, New Wave Collective. So this is the start of the this uh, influencer live uh, Instagram thing. Yep. You started New Wave Collective. What was that about? New Wave Collective was it was originally actually going to be a clothing label. It potentially, um, I reckon, was probably should have been a clothing label. It could have been pretty big. If but yeah, go on. Like what was it supposed to be? It was so back then. It was kind of like you know it was it was a platform for me to showcase to put all my um, creatives under one umbrella so there was like the music side there was um blogging was just getting in just getting big so i just um i pushed more new wave collective as a blog yeah like a fashion fashion blog but it was a the idea of 
for that was for me to put all my creatives under one umbrella, my music, um, my love for fashion, um, and what else was there? There was something else, a bit of photography or something like that. I think you were just starting to get into it. Yeah, starting to get into photography. But, um, yeah, that was a lot of work. I had... Getting free clothes? Yeah, you were, getting yeah. free clothes. Yep, getting sent free clothes. Um, getting sent... Offered like some like photo shoot jobs and it was becoming like a bit more of like a mod- modeling <laughs> thing. And yeah. I was like, fuck it, oh man, too much modeling <laughs> stuff, man. I didn't want to. You're that one person that like does does good, but still like you cop it from the boys. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's easy. It's easy. That's easy work for you. That's oh right. mate, the amount of photoshops of your head is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that kind of went. I, yeah, I don't know where it went. It was I, oh, me and Tyler's put money towards the house and. My main focus and energy was like working and saving and for a house stuff like yeah, for our own apartment and stuff like that, setting up for the future. It's good, man. Mm. So there's watching the video, man. This is his space here, so it's real clean. Um, so yeah, <laughs> speaking of Talia, let's talk about Talia. So, yep. how did you guys meet? I think a lot of people sort of have a fair idea, but mm. just a short rundown how that started, and then how much she's impacted your life. Yeah, um, we actually met through Chris Cattell online. MSN days, so MSN was like the for all you young kids out there. It was like the Tinder, <laughs> Tinder for. No, it wasn't Tinder. Nah, no, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but it was similar, you know. Like it was where everyone we just chatted. Like, yeah, we were like, oh, who's hot? Can we add? This <laughs> yeah, you add anyone. And I, yeah, add anyone without you know. It wasn't creepy or anything. Yeah, and um, it is these days. Yeah, I know. Fuck, creepy. You can't do nothing these days without being labeled a creep. <laughs> I swear. Over there, back then, add anyone. It's just like, yeah. oh, we'll just leave it. Yeah, we'll just chat. Yeah, yeah. Added um, through Chris, I was just like, "Oh, got any hot girls to add where you live, bro?" And he's like, "Yeah, got two girls." <laughs> and I added both of them, and then Talia started talking to me, and we just started talking as friends, and it went for ages. And we how old were you at this time? I think seventeen, eighteen, and we um opened up a lot about you know a lot of personal things. Yeah. I think it was because she wasn't where we were from. Yeah, she didn't know my group of friends, so there was, and I didn't know her group of friends, so there was no passing judgment. It was just, yeah. um, it was, yeah, open up, and you're not judged. Yeah, and I think that's what made us feel comfortable most, and yeah, our friendship got a bit closer, and it was kind of hard for us because she was three and a half hours away, and still young, can't even drive yet. Mm, yep, still young, can't drive. I didn't get my license till late, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then she ended up moving to Geelong to study at campus down there deakin university and then it pretty much just worked from there you know yeah. we made it work because werribee isn't that far or altona isn't that far from yeah. geelong and then pretty much the rest is history and you know she's definitely um brought a lot of light into my life it sounds so cliche but she has and um yeah, i picked up a lot of good habits off of her yeah know. definitely showering one of them <laughs> <laughs> oh bro definitely one of them Nah. Definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so shout out to Talia. Um, so tribute boxing comes along. Yep. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, started a new career pathway in personal training and coaching. We, um, I was working obviously in, like working with you at Coles Polar Fresh, yep. slash Polar Fresh for quite a long time and. I don't know, there's, I always get to this point in my life where I'm just like... Trying something, something new. Something needs to change, you yeah. know. I just, I just, I don't know, just 
something needs you to never change. get too I'm, comfortable I'm never I'm never too comfortable I'm always trying to look for the next you know and I think that's important you know, it's definitely important you should never get too comfortable you should always keep trying to you know progress yourself you gotta get comfortable being uncomfortable that's it. That's it. But um, yeah, trying that, trying personal training. I got my tickets a long time ago, like five, six years ago, maybe even longer. And I just never done anything with it, you know. Jumped in the warehouse work. It was easy. It was simple. It was rock up. Just yeah, you know, make a bit of cash, and that's it. And then Talia knew I was pretty unhappy, and I got um, offered a job opportunity um, from Jay. Yeah, from one of the owners from Tribute. And, and I was like, oh, he, he actually said, oh, we're looking for more trainers. We're looking at expanding. Um, do you know any personal trainers? And I was like, I do, but I don't want to throw my name <laughs> in the mix. You know? I was like, I do, bro. I'll, um, I'll let you know. A bit scared I, at the I same time? Because yeah, you're like, fuck. Fuck, bro. It's huge. It's huge. And Tribute, you know, it's got that, like, reputation, you know. It's got that big reputation, especially back then. You know, it wasn't that big. Still but new, but still everyone knew, yeah. It was fresh. It was a new face of, like, the fitness industry, you know. And, um, yeah, I, just, I said, oh, yeah, I know a few people. And then Talia overheard the conversation. She goes, Jay, he wants to fucking do it. <laughs> he wants to give it a try. He's and you were like, to, yes. He's too scared to um, ask you. Okay, and he goes, is he too scared? I go, yeah. And he's like, bro, fucking come in. Come in next Monday. Have you got the time? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'll come in. And then, man, rocked up, loved it, learnt, learnt a lot from Jay, learnt a lot from Leo um, and a few of the other boys there. And, um, yeah, man, it's a good spot to work. It's a great spot to work. I reckon you'd meet a lot I've of uh, a interesting lot. people. I've definitely lear- lear- uh, sorry, I've definitely uh, met a lot of people, you know, from all different walks of life, you know, from CEOs to, um, you know, gardeners. And everyone has their own stories and you can't pass judgment on anyone. Um, they're all, you know... They're all unique to themselves, and you definitely, I def, I've definitely learned something from every single person that's come through the doors there. Everyone's in there for one reason, though, yeah, just a bit of a motivation. Yeah, that's it. Get They're fit. All there to get fit, and you know, live a bit of a healthy lifestyle. And so, like you said, you are you can't get comfortable with doing. You just you can't stick to one thing. So you're doing this PT thing. Then comes uh, mm. uh your photography and videography. Yeah. Where, where 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 did that come from? Like you always used to try 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 take some weird photos and be like, what is, what is this, man? Yeah, I know. What is I'm this? I cop flack off like all these like artsy kind of photos, and I know you boys were like, what the fuck is this, man? <laughs> it's a picture of a fire, <laughs> or it's a video of a fire. I don't know. I've just always, I don't know. I've always liked cinema, loved cinema, um, and just looking into it a bit more. Bit of side hustle as well. It's a side hustle. It's a bit of a side hustle now. I picked up my old camera in lockdown and learned how to use it properly and learned how to use so that time off in lockdown, I just learned how to use a couple um software programs, video editing software programs, Premiere Pro and it took a long time. You know, I'm I'm never happy with like where I'm at. I always want to keep getting better and better, especially when it comes to like, you know, Anything to do with creative, being creative. So, yeah, um, now I want to start doing some videography and photography work. Has that fully you know? started yet or just a little bit or is it fully launched? That It hasn't fully launched. Thing? I've got some jobs lined up. I've actually done a couple of jobs already, but I've got some jobs lined up for this year, next year. And I think it's going to take – I think it will – I'm focusing a bit more on my PT business at the moment. 
But um, next year, I'm definitely going to start pushing for more video work, more photography work. Um, so if you're looking for any video work, photography work, hit me up. What's your handle for that? Shotter by, at Shotter by P. On Instagram? Instagram. Yeah, That's right. in. Okay, so the arrival of your baby girl. Yep. Mila. How did that change you and how do you balance that like dad life mm. and that busy PT, mm-hmm. got to keep fit, yep. plus being a dad, be a husband, mm-hmm. all that. How does that? It's pretty um, fucking chaotic, man. It's the first month le- leading into it, it's chaotic. You know, you just, you want to be the most supportive partner you can be to your partner who's got to go through that, you know, it. it that process um you're stressing about how the baby is or you know the health of the baby if everything's going to be okay on the day and then when it arrives it's a relief but then again you're straight back onto it you know it's hectic straight away the first month can't even can hardly remember you know there's a bit of lack of sleep <coughs> and then but i think after the first month um we built a bit of routine and you know Leading into um, the arrival of her, I was making a lot of excuses, you know, to not getting up and getting tra- getting training done and, you know, not getting up and stretching or doing whatever I needed to do. But when she did arrive, I was just like, man, I've got to fucking make the time. Literally, you got to make the time. You know, that's the mantra I've been using. And I think it's helped me a lot. Just being a bit more organised um, has helped me make time to do whatever, you know, whether it be training people or um, editing a video on, on my computer or um, hanging out with baby, you know. So the time's there. You just have to make the time. Um, I've been carrying on about it for a while now, but literally y- you just have to fucking make the time, I think man. That, it's um, pretty straightforward. That mantra's making its way around with your uh, Instagram filter. Yeah, it's done all right. It's eh? pretty cool. That's cool. It's... Um, so, um, yeah, like I said um, in my intro episode, I want to highlight what everyone's saying or quote is, and yep. Putz's one is make time, and he just explained why that is. Yep. So we were just talking about before how you can't be comfortable doing one thing and one thing only. Yep. You're always doing heaps of things at once. Yep. Um, let's talk about moving still and what it is. Yeah. So moving still, um, as you know, like I've always loved fashion. I've always loved, you know, always been into it like since uh, since a youngin and um i think it's about time for me to make a clothing label which is going to be moving still so moving still will be launching next year um it'll be dropping winter so just keep an eye on that um yeah it's going to be my clothing label all the branding work's being done at the moment um all the sources have been sourced so yeah, it's just and a matter of... what's the handle? Do you have a handle for that already? Yeah, at moving... Is it underscore? Double. Double, tri- it's a triple underscore oh, triple. still. All right, so at moving, triple underscore still. So yeah, don't expect any content up there soon. Everything's just still getting organised behind the scenes. Um, I'm not rushing into anything because, you know, fashion... You're an OC- OCD bloke. Oh, man, <laughs> I reckon we're pretty good, man, like... I think uh, everyone knows that uh, you've influenced my style a whole heap. Yeah, I call you. I'm like, hey man, I need some new clothes, man. I got, I got it. I got a thousand bucks. Let's go. Take me out. Okay. Um. So we've gone through everything. So let's just start with the questions. Yep. Forty minutes. What did that go quick? It did go quick. 
Oh man, I was watching the time. I'm like, man, this better go for at least half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what does a normal day in Petra Tamaru's life look like? So just an average work day. So um, average work day alarms usually set from anywhere from four thirty. Alarms usually set from anywhere from four thirty to five o'clock. So get up, train a few people in the morning. If not, I'm training. If I'm not training people, I'll train myself. I'd rather get my workout done fucking first thing in the morning. You know. It's just I, I just like training in the morning. Hardest I'd rather, task. I'd rather get that. Yeah, it's probably probably is the hardest task. The longer it, the longer that takes to get done, I'll start talking to myself and being like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing training at this time, or you know, the excuses start to pop up. So I'll get my training done in the morning, or I'll, I'll get my clients done in the morning, right? And then usually I'll bank all my clients up from from that time through to midday, and then from midday I'll come home. You know, I'm trying to make. A bit of to put a time put time on the side to come home and help Tails out with baby and because um, sometimes she can carry on and whatnot and just taking baby off Talia's hands I know it's a lot of um, relief you know for her so hang out with baby get some video stuff done um, get some stuff done for the label and yeah that's what my day is try and eat healthy. Um, what would what advice would you give uh, young Petra Tamarua? Um, be more consistent. <laughs> Everything I've done, you know, from work to creative um, projects, I haven't been too consistent with it. But now I think having baby, you have to be consistent every single day. So I'd probably tell myself, just be consistent with everything you do. Keep showing up. Keep getting your shit done. Okay. Uh, how did how did COVID affect you? Whose putts are... Pre-COVID and whose parts are post-COVID? I'll probably have to say pre-COVID. To be honest, I'm probably the same same person, right? But I think my core values have changed just a, a bit. So I'm going to say that my appreciation for time has gone through the roof. Um, and I keep bringing it up. Like time is such a, you know, it's a reoccurring word. But I think it's so important, man. Like, your time is your energy. And when I have clients and I know that I'm not connecting with the, their energy, like, I'm just like, why am I fucking training this person, you know? So my clients, um, I have to connect. My, my, my time is so important, you know? Like, that's what my... You don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time on, you know... Sh- shit energy. Shit energy, man. It's just, that's, it's pretty straightforward and... Yeah, my appreciation for time has gone, you know, through the roof, as opposed to the per- like the person before pre-COVID. Okay. Um, what's your biggest insecurities as a man in his thirties? Hmm. It's a hard one, eh? That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. I still, I'm getting, I'm, I'm working on it, and I'm slowly getting better at it. But I still worry about what people say and think of me, and I think. I think that's everyone. A lot of though. people, I know, and people say they don't give a fuck what people think, but they but do. They do. Like everyone does. Hundred percent. Everyone does. Hundred and ten percent. Like it's just how it is, you know. And I'm trying to get better at blocking that out. Like you're coming on here, like yeah, it's huge. For oh me. man, starting this thing was you huge. starting this, bro. It's massive. And <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Pro- there's probably a very few amount of people that would say. Um, I don't give a fuck what this person thinks. Like, I have no care in the yeah. world. But 
deep down inside yeah. they have always there's something there. It, you know? Even if you even if you do finally get over it, there's always that little bit that yeah, of it's course. Gonna and you know what? You. It's fucking normal, man. Yeah, like it's not it's not anything bad. It's just it is what it is. Okay. Um, if money wasn't an option, what would you do every day? Sit around, watch TV, and spend time with my baby. <laughs> nah. nah, I just I'd spend. I pretty much did, man. Pretty much spent a lot of time with my baby and just watching her grow in the downtime and lockdown. It was unbelievable. Like I'll, I cherish that. I'll, I'll cherish that time. Yeah, me forever, too, man. Like you know, that's like with me. Um, during COVID, man. Like mm. before COVID, I was out every weekend. Like and then during COVID, I spent so much time with mum and dad. Just yeah. like I realized, like. That's what old, I mean. You know, like, like that's what I was trying to explain before. With time, just with time, you know, yeah. like your appreciation, you know, for it's your crazy. Bro. A bit I think a lot of people went through that little stage when they're like, "Fuck!" Like, because they had to, yeah. and it's kind of in a way, it was kind of. A, I loved it. I I, I loved COVID. Like bro, it changed me I so. I so loved much. it, bro. It was unbelievable, man. It's kind of getting anxious to everything getting back to normal because I just don't <laughs> want to see everyone. But <laughs> yeah, you got to do it, I guess. But um, <laughs> it's just my choice now. Yeah. Now I have a choice, but <laughs> you can use that as an excuse. Um. What keeps you motivated and what do you do to keep yourself motivated? What keeps me motivated? Um, I don't know. I've gone, I've gone a bit off of like the word motivation, you know, like I think if you have set goals, um, you've got to be disciplined. Like That's what I'm like. you got to want it enough. you got to want it more. you got to want, like you got to have your goals set, right? If you're motivated, you can only be motivated. Sometimes you can only be motivated for one day, you know? Yeah. If when you're disciplined, you're disciplined for fucking forever, you know? So... Um, what keeps me disciplined? Um, my baby and my wife, you know, my family. I gotta keep showing up to work. Gotta keep making money. You know, I gotta keep staying active. You know, I wanna, I wanna be here for as long as I can. You know, that's what keeps me disciplined. I love it. I love it. Um, if everything goes to plan, the next five years, where do you see yourself? Five years. A lot can happen in five years. Um. Okay, we'll go. We'll bring it down. We'll go, no, we'll no, five years. You want to go five, five years? years? Is good. If everything goes to plan, you know, I don't know. We'll be living in a bigger house. We'll have a f- another baby, definitely. Um, clothing business will be up and going. P- I'll still be. I'll still being. Sp- I'll still be doing PTing, you know. Um, but we'll be living comfortably. You know, I, we don't. I don't need them all the money in the world. I've never been on. Big on having all the money in the world. So, I don't know, as long as i got my family, as long as i got, you know, um, my, extend, my, fam- my extended family, you know, my brothers, my sisters, then I'm happy. Yep. Uh, Favourite song of all time and current? Oh, my God. I know, this, this one's not, not as deep as the rest, but, you know. Man. There's one more deep question coming up. Favourite song of all time? Time by Hans Zimmerman. Really? Fuck. All right. All right. We get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it ties in, right? Yeah, it ties yeah, in well. But you used to always rave on about that song. You used bro, to, back in the day. It's so powerful, it's man. Scary. It's I find it scary, bro. Song, it man. scares and me. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that song, but hey, yeah, man. My playlist That's isn't... Crazy. My playlist... My, I got certain playlists, you know. Um, my playlist that I listen to, pretty much majority, it's all movie scores. So that's, you know... Okay, so the last question for me. Mm-hmm. Do we get to some listener questions? Mm-hmm. How do you want to be remembered when you're no longer here? I just want to be remembered as a good bloke, man. That's it. You know, someone who worked hard for his family, 
someone who worked hard for where he's at um, and just gave whatever a crack, you know. That's all I want to be remembered for. That's good, man. Okay, so uh, these are tough questions, by the way. Fuck. Oh man, I do. I, 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 mean, I actually spot. stole. I actually stole these, bro, because I couldn't think of them myself. Okay, these yeah. are some from some listeners. This is a from a family friend of mine in Sydney. He asked, uh, "Who's Octa to you, and what made you want to jump on the podcast?" So, um, it's just a warning: it's time for you to gas me up, bro. <laughs> Octa to me is one of my best friends. Um, Thanks, bro. Known we've known each other for a long time. We know th- we know each other's ins and outs. Um, I can rely on him one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, and man, you already know where we're at. With that. I don't want to get too emotional with this <laughs> shit. But um, yeah, very very good friend. Love him lots. And what was the other question? Part what, of that? What made you want to jump on his podcast? The only reason why I'm on the podcast because <laughs> he asked me. Fucking hell. Nah. Um, real. Yeah. Yeah, nah, you asked me to jump on, so I was like, yep, sweet, anything, you know, like, Octa would have done the exact same for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, this is from your brother. Oh, Do you still borrow man. your old man's undies like in high school? Boy, you were wearing dad's undies, not me. Okay, uh, <laughs> let me ask, let me re-ask that question. Do you still borrow Philip's undies <laughs> from when he was six years old? Yeah. All right, bro, far out. Um, we, um, oh, you want to talk about it? All right, go on. <laughs> When all of our undies were in the wash, right? The only undies that were in that were clean would just wear them. So whether it was Dad's or fucking Phillips, then that time we'll when you them, when you ripped out Phillips ones, man, oh my god, oh. almost looked like a G string. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two more questions. Uh, how does music influence your life and motivation? Obviously, you don't like the word motivation, but yeah, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, huge. It's massive. It's um, it almost like takes control of my emotions sometimes. You know. Certain times I'll be listening to a playlist and it will put me in the mood, for example, like, you know, hip-hop, rap music, like, it'll make me want to work out, you know. It's massive. So music always has and always will be um, close to my heart and it motivates me in the way that um, if I'm listening to a certain track, it's going to make me get up and do something, you know. So that's how it motivates me. Okay, our last question was from Leroy. Leroy, the county Tovuki. Any minute. <laughs> any more mixtapes coming out? Nah, no mixtapes coming out. Got um, Ableton Live not too long ago, which is, you know, the, produce, the production program software. And um, I've been wanting to make music, again, not proper music for a while, but it takes a lot of time and I've got a lot going on and I know it's not one of the top priorities right now, but... I'm not going to make a mixtape, but I'm going to make a track. And I'm going to call it Mila's Theme. I've always wanted to make a song dedicated to my baby. Ah, that's sick, bro. <coughs> um, all right. I'll, I'm not fucking singing on it. It's just <laughs> instrumental. Oh, damn. Melodies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> bro, that'd be so funny. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so just before we end, mm-hmm. um, the 2.0 program. Yeah, 2.0 program. Let's talk about that. What's what 2.0 program? Um, so I'll just give you a quick backstory. I know we've gone over time, but just in lockdown, right? Um, I know it was hard for a lot of people to like keep good routine, eat good eating, good eating, good eating habits. Um, and I put together a program and I was so hesitant on bringing it out. Baby's going crazy. Um, so I hit my family up, right? And I never, ever talked to my family about fitness because I know, Fitness, family, 
I don't know, they just don't want a bar of it, you know. So I just go, um, family, like I got fucking this program that I read out. Um, it's a six. It was originally a six week program, right? But then I extended it because I didn't want it to be like that short, you know, short term program. And then um, hit them up and just told them about it, and they 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 thought it was a joke. And I was like, so what's the catch? <laughs> I go, there's no fucking catch. I go, I've written out this program. Um, I just want you guys to like follow it. We'll train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so three sessions, and I'll keep track of you know progress like nutrition um daily calorie intake etc um and they all loved it it just made them feel like i don't know like fitness being or living a healthy lifestyle has got this like stigma stigma of fucking training your ass off eating fuck all and um just about showing up you know what i mean showing up you know right? and i just said listen all you got to do is just keep showing up do the workout okay here's a few nutritional um tips just you know don't go overeating you know move move your body more uh eat a bit less you know and um then there's just a few mindset exercises that i've added to the program which you know set you up for the day and i got them on the program and they loved it they're still doing it now even though it's been past six weeks it's almost been 10 weeks and they're still doing it and they want to keep carrying on and doing it and and i said to them you know like the program never really ends um the program ends when it becomes part of your lifestyle, which is, you know, that's that's pretty much what it is. You know, it's a lifestyle program. It gets it's you started. Body, yeah, it gets you started. It's not about an eight-week eight week challenge eight and weeks. then that's it. Like, yeah, exactly. that's what, that's where I think uh, everyone goes wrong. Yeah. Or Every, everyone wants those, like, short-term gains, right? Like, they want to start, they want to see just that weight drop off. And then, but, yeah. but with this program, you're going to get video content, nutritional knowledge, um, mindset goal set exercises you know that you have to tick off every day and it's just going to set you up and put you into a good routine um throughout the 10 weeks you know without having to starve yourself you know and um yeah that's what it that's what it is it's i'm actually taking in um, more candidates for it so if you're keen to get to build a good routine it's going to begin it's going to start on january 11th okay so 2021 um hit me up all right so if you want to build a good routine and you know lose a bit of weight along the way hit me up there you go guys um i can say that i've actually tried it and i've got abs now so (laughs) um yeah so thanks bro uh i think that's it yeah sweet thank you for having me oh (laughs) let's go